Jeffrey, welcome back to Nightfalls. Come settle in for tonight's soothing bedtime story. As always, don't worry if you fall asleep before the end. You can drift off whenever you're ready. Come, be sure to warm your hands beside the fire tonight, for our story takes us deep into Antarctic waters, where glacial scientist Bernard Bain and his motley crew set sail across the Earth's southernmost waters and learn as I did in coming to nightfalls that even in the most remote places on Earth there is life to be found and laughter to be shared. Before we begin... Here's a word from our valued sponsors who make this free content possible. If you've been feeling overwhelmed with anxiety lately, try listening to a guided meditation on the Meditation for Anxiety podcast. Meditation is a proven natural way to help you calm down and dissolve stress so you can feel lighter and happier. So subscribe for free today to the Meditation for Anxiety podcast by searching for Meditation for Anxiety on your favorite podcast player. For the best way to fall asleep with Nightfalls, you can now become a premium supporter. Enjoy the entire back catalogue of Nightfalls classics, all with a rich, immersive and totally ad-free experience. If you love falling asleep to Nightfalls, Nightfalls Premium will elevate your sleep while helping to support myself and the team. We love creating Nightfalls, but without supporters, it wouldn't be possible. Join Nightfalls Premium today in just two tabs on both Apple Podcasts or via the Supercast link found in the show notes for all other podcast players. Your sleep will thank you for it, and so will I. For thousands of years, humans have delved deep into the mysteries of our planet and beyond. Astronomers, mathematicians, scientists and explorers have studied the Earth and the skies for centuries, longing to learn more about our fascinating planet and all the different lands and creatures that inhabit it. It took thousands of years for certain areas of the globe to even be discovered. While at one time explorers thought that if they sailed too far off into the sea they might drop off the edge of the world, we now know that the world is an endless sea that leads us to many wonderful lands and places. The discovery of the continent of Antarctica in 1820 suggested that there was a different end of the earth that was still yet to be explored by humans. And after a long 100 years since its discovery, humans finally reached the pole and unlocked its mysteries 
and natural beauty. Now, Antarctica is a hotbed for scientific exploration and discovery, providing us with insights into its profound effect on the Earth's climate and ocean systems, and also allowing us a peek into what it is like on other planets, such as Mars. It is a truly fascinating place, hence the reason why many scientists and explorers long to journey there to study. During the summer, the sun shines all day, but when the winter comes, the continent falls under darkness. No humans can live here, and very few animals do, due to its freezing temperatures. Save for some species of whale, seals and penguins. This polar desert of ice shelves and glaciers is full of mysteries and plenty of answers to lots of scientists' questions. It is like an abandoned planet. There is nothing and nobody around for thousands of miles. Bernard Bain found that thought surprisingly soothing as he looked out at the views of Antarctica from the deck of his ship. For as far as the eye could see, there were simply thick, icy blue waters that flowed through and around towering white, icy infrastructures of glaciers and icebergs. It was a simple scene, but a breathtaking one at that. The sky was always a perfect blue that mirrored the colour of the waters below. It rarely rained here or snowed, so the sky was always clear and bright, lighting up the enchanting continent of Antarctica. From the safety of his boat, Bernard Bain's attention was caught by movement coming from over the top of a glacier to his left. He watched as a small mass of dark colour washed over the snowy verge and came into clearer view. A waddle of penguins shuffled their way along the bank of the tall glacier and, one by one, they dived down into the water below. Bernard always found it pleasantly amusing whenever he saw penguins do that. They tiptoed comically to the glacier edge, then spread their rubbery wings out to their sides and allowed themselves to free fall until they plopped into the great blue beneath. The penguins would swim at great speeds through the water in search of a new resting place on land. Bernard was always impressed by how speedily they swam alongside the boat. Bernard Bain was the commander of the vessel he was sailing upon. He was an accomplished scholar and exemplary captain 
He had begun his career in the British Army before retiring early to pursue his love of science. He studied at the University of Cambridge in marine biology and then gained a PhD in glaciology and cryospheric systems. As an academic, he never stopped learning and his journey to Antarctica was going to be critical for his research for his next doctorate paper. Bernard had dreamt for many months about how enlightening his expedition to the Antarctic would be. He would be able to gather many findings for his paper and enjoy the breathtaking views of the Antarctic along the way. The only thing he hadn't banked on was the motley crew that would be assigned to go along with him. It wasn't a big crew, so everybody had to pull their weight equally to make the journey as smooth and safe as possible. But with such a collection of characters on board, that was sometimes easier said than done. Donald Augustine was a young scientist who had spent the last six years of his life studying at the University of Oxford in numerous courses. It seemed the young academic couldn't get enough. Bernard knew one thing for sure though, Donald couldn't get enough of teasing him about the rivalry between their respective universities. Oxford is technically the more highly acclaimed university now, Donald would chortle in jest, poking Bernard teasingly. Bernard would nod and grimace along, knowing that the young lad just needed to stroke his ego from time to time. The boy had spent so much time with his head buried in books that he probably hadn't spent much time talking to other people and learning what was socially acceptable to joke about. Luckily, Bernard had plenty of patience to deal with the irritating young scholar. Donald's obsession with comparing Oxford and Cambridge wasn't the only thing that he liked to do to irritate Bernard. Donald was like a walking encyclopedia, constantly spouting random facts that nobody else really cared much about. Except for Donald, of course. He found everything much more interesting than most other people did. If he could get his hands on a random theory, he would run with it and obsessively research it until he was certain, within his head, that he knew everything there was to know about the subject. Did you know, Bernard, Donald began, cutting into Bernard's peaceful moment watching the penguins swim by. Did you know that polar bears are nearly undetectable by infrared cameras due to their expert ability to conserve heat with the blubber under their skin? So we need to be extra careful to watch out for polar bears when we're on land. Can you believe it? I read it in my book. Bernard Bain rolled his eyes. Donald was always reading and researching every topic possible. It was certainly a good trait for a scientist to be so pedantic about researching and finding out information to the nth degree. But Bernard often wished that Donald would just relax and put a lid on it. 
elsewhere in the crew, others were a bit easier to get on with, albeit odd in their own ways. Sebastian Clive was a doctor, enlisted to take care of the health of the crew. As much of an intelligent man as he was, he often baffled Bernard with his ability to drift off into daydreams without any awareness of what was happening in the world around him. Bernard would often find Sebastian wrapped up in a blanket, sitting by a porthole, stroking his moustache and staring out to sea. When he was in one of his daydreams, you could speak to Sebastian Clive and he wouldn't even register you were there. His eyes would never leave the point where they were fixed. Bernard often just left him to it. Thankfully, Sebastian wasn't required too often, and so his medical duties were pretty slim, allowing him plenty of spare time to daydream around the ship to his heart's content. Rodolfo Diaz was a Portuguese mechanic who was an artist in his spare time. While everyone on the expedition was meant to be on duty the entire time, Rodolfo would make it his priority to set time aside in each day to take his paper and paints up to the top deck and observe the landscape. He would paint for hours at a time, getting totally submerged in his work. If Bernard didn't remind him that he had a job to do and order him back to it, then Rodolfo would sit there for hours on end without ceasing his painting. Bernard had once been curious and decided to find out what Rodolfo's painting skills were like. Bernard noticed him sitting on the deck one day with his paintbrush in hand and slowly walked behind him so as not to startle the mechanic. Bernard looked over Rodolfo's shoulder at what he was painting, and his eyebrows shot up in surprise. Rodolfo was actually pretty good. Bernard could clearly see the outline of the glaciers on the page, and the gentle shading of the sunlight and shadows that cast against its jagged surfaces. The waters looked authentic and detailed, nicely texturized using various colors, and Bernard noticed the faint shadow of a pod of whales slinking through the water. It looked like something you would easily find in an art gallery or framed and hung up with pride in someone's home or office. Rodolfo, this rugged man with rough hands, covered in calluses and embedded dirt from a lifetime of working with mechanical equipment, painted so delicately and intricately that you'd think his work came from the hands of someone much younger and daintier. Bernard cleared his throat and offered Rodolfo a compliment. This is very good, Rodolfo. I didn't realize you were such a Van Gogh. Rodolfo scoffed and looked away from his painting momentarily to reply, Van Gogh paints like a child. 
I've seen better paintings made by my four-year-old daughter. Bernard laughed briefly and went to respond when he thought better of it. He didn't have the heart to argue with Rodolfo today. Something told him that it wouldn't matter how much he pointed out the brilliance of Vincent van Gogh's work and how he was one of the most influential figures in Western art history. Rodolfo had clearly made up his mind on the subject and nothing would change that. Bernard left him to it and continued with his own duties. He presumed he had bothered Rodolfo enough for one day. Stan Munro was the chef on board the ship, tasked with the heavy burden of providing meals for the crew that were at least half edible. As you can imagine, when you're out at sea for months on end and heading to a continent where the weather is so chilling that no plants grow and where the waters are so cold that only specific fish swim through, you are limited to what nutrition you have to work with. Stan Munro had been a chef on cruise ships almost all of his life and he was used to catering for hundreds of people at a time. So to go from cooking on such a grand scale to cooking meals for a scientific vessel of only around a dozen crew members, it was somewhat of a shock to the system for Stan. With such limited food to work with and rations to abide by, Stan often felt creatively stifled. But that didn't stop him trying in vain to create interesting concoctions for the crew members. He would serve up bizarre mixes of meat and beans, crackers with vegetables and fish soups that left nothing wasted. On one particular day, Stan whipped up another of his eccentric meals for the crew members. One by one, they collected their plates of food and sat at a table to eat their meal. Needless to say, it wasn't Stan's best work. So how's the meal today, guys? Stan asked, sitting himself down at the canteen table with a plate of mismatched food. Rodolfo wiped his mouth with a napkin inside. Bernard wondered whether he would have the heart to say anything. But of course, knowing Rodolfo, it wasn't a matter of whether, it was a matter of when. Can't we just have gruel and biscuits like sailors used to in the olden days? Rodolfo murmured, pushing his plate away disinterestedly. Stan scowled and shot him a look while Bernard attempted to calm down the situation by smiling at Stan and shoving a fork full of food into his mouth and saying, Well, I like it. Stan looked like his spirits had lifted a little bit and thanked him gratefully, before shooting another look at Rodolfo, who had now pulled a packet of crisps out of his pocket and was beginning to crunch away. There was certainly never a dull day on the ship, whether that be due to funny interactions between the crew members or new discoveries whilst sailing to Antarctica. 
the crew never grew tired of admiring the stunning views around them, and every time a new creature came into sight, they would gather to watch them in awe. Bernard enjoyed coming up to the deck as much as possible to breathe in the fresh sea air and appreciate the sights around them. He stood at the helm of the ship and closed his eyes. The wind whistled in his ears and he felt the crisp air biting at his face. His body felt toasty, all wrapped up in a heavy-duty coat and thermal trousers with steel-toed boots on his feet and thick gloves on his hands. The juxtaposition between the cold air on his face and the warmth of his body was a delightful sensation. Suddenly, the peaceful silence was broken by the strange sound of a hushed horn the crew looked at each other rather confused. What could the sound have been? Was it another ship sending out a greeting? But Bernard looked around and couldn't see another vessel anywhere. All of a sudden, he heard a call from the other side of the deck. Bane, look! cried Donald, pointing over the side of the boat and down into the waters. All the men ran to the side of the boat and stared over the edge. What they saw was absolutely mesmerising. A pod of minky whales glided through the icy waters at the side of their boat. They moved smoothly through the waters, breaching the surface with their heads to breathe briefly before bobbing back down beneath the waves again. Bernard and his crew gazed down at the majestic creatures swimming close together in perfect synchronization. Bernard noted their sharply pointed snouts and their slender streamlined bodies as they slunk their way through the deep blue. He had seen many species of whale while sailing Antarctica, but this was the first time he was seeing the minky whale. The crew had spotted many a humpback whale on their travels, parading their back-flipping skills in the distance, and watched in awe as the great mouth of a blue whale breached the surface of the water to gulp up thousands of tiny krill close by to their boat. Exquisite creatures, every one of them, and it never grew old each time they caught sight of one of these incredible sea creatures. This was the first time that they had spotted a pod of minky whales, and it was a moment to be savoured. There must have been around 15 of them in total, of varying sizes. Minky whales are some of the smallest whales in the world. However, they were still a magnificent size compared to creatures on the land. They made humans look tiny in comparison. As the whales swam up close to the side of their boat, 
the crew of men were delighted and in awe of the amazing creatures. The minke whales were clearly curious about their boat and had swam up close for a better look. Look, Donald called out, overcome with excitement. It looks like there are babies. The men squinted their eyes to look closer and chatted amongst themselves. There certainly were some smaller looking whales amongst the pod that were likely to be the youngsters. Bernard loved how whales travelled in pods. They are just like humans in their need for company. They are social animals and feel safer and happier when together in a group. It's just like how Bernard and his crew were sailing the seas together. They wouldn't get very far as lone travellers, but having a group together made the journey a lot easier and a lot more bearable. The men may have all had their own individual duties aboard the ship that were very different, but they all shared the same common interests. They all were fascinated by nature and science, and they all had an appreciation for the beauty that Mother Nature had bestowed upon the Earth. Every time a crew member spotted a new species of wildlife in Antarctica, they would all flood to the deck or a window to catch a glimpse of the incredible creatures themselves. Sebastian, the ship doctor, sighed contemplatively, smiled and said to Donald by his side, The best thing about coming here is that there is nowhere else on earth that we would ever get to see these amazing animals. So many people will go their entire lives without ever seeing a whale or a polar bear or a penguin, except in pictures. We are so lucky to be able to see these amazing animals for ourselves in person. Bernard overheard Sebastian's comment and nodded in agreement. He looked back down at the minky whales and followed them with his eyes as they sped off ahead of the boat and towards the horizon. The loud horn-like sound that the men had initially heard sounded again and the men all collectively laughed, gasped and commented in their respective manners. It was like the whales had bade them farewell and were wishing them a safe journey. Bernard wished them a safe journey in his mind too. It had been a long time at sea for the crew. It had been 34 days since they had all last touched land and now that the seasickness had long passed, Bernard had found his sea legs. But what he really longed for was to get off the boat and step foot in crunchy snow and feel the crisp air against his skin and the warm sun upon his face. Bernard strolled up to Tony, the sailor, and inquired when they might be able to finally set foot on land. He was eager to get started with his research, and after over a month at sea, he was itching to begin. 
Tony stared down the barrel of his telescope and looked off into the distance. He turned back to Bernard and informed him that there was land approximately two miles away that they could berth at. Bernard gave the order and Tony set about instructing the crew to prepare for land. All the sailors moved to their stations and the ship began to turn northwestwards. Bernard could see the icy sheet of land in the distance growing larger and larger as they approached. There was a thin layer of white mist hovering above the water, disguising the view, but as they pushed through the freezing mist, they came out on the other side with a clear view of a beautiful blue and white landscape, just mountains and snow for miles. Creamy swirls of clouds decorated the sky, and the sun blazed high and bright. While in the winter Antarctica was covered by a blanket of darkness, in the summer months the sun made up for all the months it had been away by radiating brightly all day. Land ahoy, Donald called out jokily. Bernard rolled his eyes and shook his head at the young man's silly comment, but secretly he appreciated Donald's enthusiasm. He would probably have been just as eager and giddy if he had been enlisted for an expedition to Antarctica as a young man. Now that he was a bit older, he just knew how to compose himself a little bit better. The ship started to turn towards the icy shore and the bow pointed towards their end goal of land. As the boat drew closer to the shore, smaller sheets of ice were pushed to the sides and they bobbed around on top of the water, picking up speed on top of the new larger waves that the vessel was creating. Bernard took a deep breath in and sighed out slowly. He had to control his excitement. He had dreamt of setting foot on Antarctic soil for years, and now it was finally about to happen. He would finally get to do the research he had been planning for so long. This was going to be the experience of a lifetime. It already was. Every step towards this moment had been precious, and Bernard couldn't wait to tell everyone back home about it. But for now, he simply had to savour the moment. This moment would never come again, and he wanted to embrace every second of anticipation as the boat drew closer to shore. Far off in the distance, he heard the call of a whale cutting through the still, peaceful air, and he smiled. It was like they were on a totally different planet, full of wonder, still yet to be discovered. As the boat came to a halt, 
when Bernard heard the anchor begin to drop. He took a deep breath in and braced himself for the next step in this exhilarating adventure. <laughs>